Hi, I'm Marcus Marks. And I'm Benjamin Light. And this is Bros Watch PLL 2 again. Welcome back to America's favorite podcast about Prudel Liars colon original sin. This week we're talking about season one, episode eight, Bad Blood. Have you looked? Are there other original sin podcasts? I have not. Who could care? I don't know. We're it's the best. A great, we're the great fucking place best. to start from. Yeah. I mean, just what another stellar episode of Pretty Little Liars colon original sin. You know, just every week they keep topping themselves. It's getting measurably worse, right? It like, just, this is the episode where bad. they're like, it seems like they don't know where they're going. And so they're just like tying up random storylines. And I don't know, like it's it, the, the Riverdale-ness is shining through more and more. Like, I feel like this guy, what he wants to write is like, he wants to write a show where every single episode is like, a, we've got to get together to save the rec center. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's what this guy knows how to do basically. What if we just put on the best damn talent show this team's mm-hmm. ever seen? We can all get together and work the blood drive. And- I'm and I'm sorry, though, they've got to address the fucking money slash Imogen's house situation. What are you talking about? She had a party once. She's fine. But I mean, like, she raised tens of thousands of dollars from teenagers from that one party. She's totally fine. Blew it most of it on a road trip to to. Here's the thing: they don't they don't have to address it. Except they already did. And so now you're left wondering. They could have just never said anything about the money situation. And we probably would have just assumed she had some inheritance and like left it at that. We got we got some follow-up from one of our listeners, Jessica, who oh. said, if Millwood is near Pittsburgh and mm-hmm. Rosewood is near Philly, it would be around a five or six hour drive from yeah. one or the other because they are on opposite ends of the state. Yeah, I mean, I, that's, I Googled that on, on the air last week. Oh, it's nice to have from an actual. Yeah. Oh, and I, I feel like we got more uh, confirmation that they are close to Pittsburgh because Sean and his dad are like Steelers fans. So I feel like they're yeah. in the general area, at least the, the, the western half of the state. Was there another Pennsylvania team? Oh, there's the Eagles, but they're in Philly on the east side. Okay. Well, I don't know sports ball. Um, it, it's... I know that that Room 237 documentary talks about like one of the things that The Shining, the way it captures you is that architecturally your eye knows that none of it makes sense. Mm-hmm. L- logically, none of this world makes sense. It's, I, it's I almost, not captivating you in the same way The Shining did? Well, I almost wish that like if when characters are going down the school hallway, they could make like five lefts and end up in a different place because that would that would be more interesting at least. I mean, logically, they're they're certainly doing that. I will say I I eat my words. I brought back fucking Steve. I thought Steve was done. <sighs> underwhelming thing. Oh, I I I like this. Did you order this podcast extra salty, guys? Because you're getting it. I can go on forever. We did not need to see Steve again. That whole plot line is just mm. like I I guess what happens in in this universe when you grow up with two moms is you get like serious like psychotic dependency on having any dude fill your father figure role you know yeah i guess uh, that's what they're trying to tell us the the dangers of growing up with two moms i can only assume given how subtle everything else they do on the show is that this is the message they're trying to say i'm sure that's how tappy would break down the show oh god tappy breaking down the show what a dvd extra uh the 
the whatever she's doing to to i don't know help these like lonely fathers and pretend to be their child for these weird dates or whatever like that just doesn't tie to the fucking trauma that we actually saw revealed no, just, uh, okay so let me ask you a question then which of the individual sinner storyline is just the hardest to swallow and is it mouse it's it's mouse every time there is a mouse scene i'm just like oh god this is so yeah. fucking boring yeah okay all right um i have a little follow-up before we do that Ooh. let's talk about trouble takes a holiday our new Ooh. book book three in the trouble girl detective mystery series is coming out in two weeks September 29th, that'll be two weeks when this episode drops. Uh, you can pre-order it right now on Kindle and Apple Books. We've already surpassed our pre-orders for the first book. Very excited about that. Let's keep it going. Uh, there's an excerpt now on online. If you go to mynameistrouble.com, go to the blog section. You can read an excerpt from the book. You want to kind of get a little taste, although you shouldn't do that if you haven't read the other books because there's a bunch of spoilers for books one and two in there. So only read the excerpt if you've read books one and book two. If you haven't, go read the older excerpts for, like, say, book one to get a taste of that, and then go go read book one. Um, hardcover and paperback will be available for sale on the day of release. Two weeks from now. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. Getting right down to the wire. Mm-hmm. You can taste it. Mm-hmm. Um, taste some other it. quick follow-ups. The show got renewed since we last spoke. It got renewed between the last time we podcasted and the last time the podcast you know dropped. I'm going to save you guys the annoying trouble of it because it's gross. But like, this is where I would do my 20 minute uh, mm-hmm. sound. Why is it renewed? What, what the fuck? Know. Congratulations, people, for being employed, I guess. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Whatever. You know, there, there were a few years where I really felt free. I, I didn't flinch anymore when I saw somebody wearing a hoodie or when I got a block call on my phone. I, I thought it's over. It's really over, like for real. I took horseback riding lessons. All right. Starting off great. Some, some shows that are good get canceled. You know, many that live deserve death. Many that die deserve life. Can you give it to them? Um, there was a good takedown on like the show subreddit, like the other day about like, like kind of the bullshit feminist critique of horror that the show purports to be making. And like Mm. just going through like, like in that scene where they're crossing out all the other movies and being like, these were movies about men killing women, even though like in half of them, there's like women killing men. (laughs) Mm. It was just like such, it's like, it's such a shallow reading of like feminist messaging to be like, if a woman kills a man, it's good. But if a man kills a woman, it's bad. Like, what the fuck? Like, you would get laughed out of like a women's studies one on one class with that take. But uh, that's what the show. And I, I suppose you could you could make some sort of argument that it's like, oh no, it's Tabby thinks that, but Tabby's like a dumb high school student. But I think the show wants us to like to support Tabby and everything that comes out of her mouth. So, no, she's really, a mouthpiece. Don't really for, buy that argument for their thesis. Well, a lot of their research or whatever is is not good. Again, Dress to Kill, the De Palma movie mentioned in the pilot. Is fucking problematic as hell. Yeah, I mean, do you think Tabby actually read that uh, was it like Chainsaws and Women or whatever book that she swore was her Bible? I believe or have that's the writers more <laughs> than why ever she's wearing like her like Venice '81 Film Festival mm-hmm. shirt or whatever the fuck. Oh, there's a ton of like movie references in this that were clearly made by like middle aged men and women, and yeah. definitely not by teenagers. No, 
No, this show's not Party Girl. Come on, come on. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm sorry. Oh God. The... Nobody who's oh. like under oh, okay. thirty has ever heard of Party Girl. All right. Here's the thing. It takes me five hours now to like watch an episode and do notes. And <laughs> you're still doing it's... notes. <laughs> Jokes on you, motherfucker. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I've been trying to do it earlier so that I like mm-hmm. get it done with. But then it's like there's two blissful days where I've forgotten it. So mm-hmm. thank God for those notes. But the uh, yeah, the clubbing scene, that little like powwow about movies, that may be the most detestable scene in this entire show. That's saying something. Uh, there's no fucking way. I'm going to say right now, there's no fucking way that Tabby, a high school student in 2022, has seen a Whit Stillman movie. <laughs> the last days of disco. Come there's on. There's no fucking way. Oh, and she, she would like hate Whit Stillman. But anyway, yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> one more piece of follow up. Uh, Mouse's other mom is named Shirley. Oh, thank you. So there we go. Saw that. I, I'm going to continue to refer to Sharon Leal, Sharon Leal, because mm-hmm. I've forgotten to halfway this episode that her name was Sydney. Hello, Sydney. Whatever. Do you like scary movies? What's your favorite? All right. I'm going to play game, Blondie. This episode written by Michael Grassi, who also wrote episode three, and I think maybe co-wrote episode 10. I'm not sure, but he has credits on all three. Um, he's a Riverdale dude. And then Stasia Demick, who, as far as I can tell, is her only writing credit. And directed by Megan Griffiths, who's not done any of the other Riverdale Deed shows, but it's just done like random TV stuff. Mm. Cool. All right. Let's All right. So fucking dive in. So picking up not long after the last episode, the sinners come rushing in the ladies' room at school, and Noah's like, I knew it, I fucking knew it. They check the saws, make sure they're alone. And this is because they the- got the text of Tyler's body. Yeah. yeah. Go over the fact that clearly Pleatherface killed Tyler. Uh, Farron wants to go to the cops or at least not send that photo of dead Tyler to the cops. And Tabby points out that if A sent it to them, won't know, A know the cops got it. And I really have a hard time talking about A because it's not even like this person is signing their work. Just when they're like, we have to go to the cops. And, and then Imogen's like, no, we can't. It's like, why can't you? You have no reason not to go to the police. You have not like set it up even the slightest little bit. Like one could argue there are times when the original PLLs should have gone to the cops, but like they had reasons not to that were like clearly articulated in the show. Mm. They're like, they're, there's nothing they can be blackmailed with. You know, like they, 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 I guess they're saying they're afraid to go to the cops because a will target them, but he's already targeting them. So what is a fucking point? Well, and they have not painted Sheriff Slenderman as like not valuing hurting them more yeah. than like yeah, catching. No, he, he completely killer. forgot about his daughter dying like four yeah. episodes ago. Like that plotline just ceased to exist. Yeah. He's, he's finding forgetfulness in the bottom of a bottle in an alleyway. Well, and they even have like the thing where it's like, he killed two people. And then, uh, Farron is just like horrible people. I don't give a fuck, whatever. It's like, they can't help not undercutting like the tension Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be like, don't worry, guys. A isn't killing anyone you care about. It's just killing like pieces of shit anyway. So it's it's actually fine. None of this matters. There's no stakes at all. Honestly, at this point, the show would be better if these five girls were collectively A. They're not like interesting enough to be A. Is it is is there anyone on this show that could be interesting enough to be A? No. Right, no Tabby no. has to drop in. Ugh, what, Heather's reference. I said it. Um, yeah. The says that they need to get back to the basics by figuring out what happened to Angela Waters. Why? Which we just need to talk a about is. my mom and Angela Waters nope. some more. 
Yeah. Uh, Imogen questions who the sixth signature from the Radley was. Mouse infers that Imogen thinks that must have been A. So does that mean that we're saying A is a woman? Because I, I don't know. I just, I guess you would have to assume that if they're signing A waters, that would be the pretense if the previous five people who had signed in his A, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. So they, they also revealed that uh, they, they just learned that uh, Angela was raped. And so they're like, Oh, uh, I don't know. We, we were about to tell you this in the last episode. Then we got cut off by the Atex. Let's go outside first to talk about this. So we're not in this disgusting bathroom, which man, they would go into the Rosewood bathroom. Sometimes the Rosewood high didn't look great. This bathroom looks like you could catch something just by like accidentally brushing against the wall. It looks mm-hmm. disgusting. So I remember, I remember losing our minds that one time Aria sat on the floor. At of least bathroom. it was clean. Yeah. We're like, get the fuck up now, Aria. So they uh, go, yeah, out, so all, go out to the bleachers. We, um, and they, they do the smart thing here where they like they come in on the scene as Tabby and Imogen have told them what happened to them. They they mess it up later in like a really clunky way. But anyways, at least here, it's like we don't have to like see that whole scene play out. We can just kind of like get the reaction. Mm-hmm. And the reaction is like Farron's like, I'm so so sorry that happened to you. And then Noah's like, We are all, we all are, and we got you. And then Mouse says, Whatever you need. And it's like, all right, on to the mystery. Yeah. Yeah. These people aren't friends still. It happened at jock centric parties. Yeah, so it must have, must have been or might have been one of the football players. They will actually entertain that it couldn't that it might not be a football player in this episode. Mass or Mouse asks if this is how Imogen got pregnant. She nods her head. And I'm kind of shocked that Imogen actually told her story as well. I figured she was just going to like nudge Tabby to tell her story and then back away. Um, but Imogen says that they don't know this. This connects to Angela, but Tabby has a plan so they can catch Here's this the person. Thing. It doesn't which, connect to Angela. From which Imogen will completely steal the ownership of this plan. Not the blood drive plan? Yeah. Which, this is a dumb plan. Like, first of all, like, not that the show cares about realism, but like, you usually wait for the baby to come out before you do the paternity test. Like, it's not like super safe to do it while the baby's no, in the womb. It's extremely uh, painful. And, and there's, it's hurtful for the baby. There's way easier ways to, to do the DNA test. You could just be like grabbing a dude's hair, you know, like getting him to like drink something using his saliva. Like, there's just, I don't know. It's not, not like, it's like the worst way to go about trying to, to DNA test someone. And they're not even like taking records of who's who. It's like they're just putting it into a big bucket. I don't know. It's, it's so bad. Anyway. This is the uh, this is the the worst type of movie to compare it to. But I rewatched uh, Point Break not long ago. Exactly, it's a great dude. montage. That guy knows how to get the fucking there. DNA sample, man. Bra, he got just a saves your life, bra. On your head. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, no. So you're not even you're not even gracing upon the linchpin of this fucked up plan. The shit, the shit berg of all shitbergs here. Why would you trust Noah's fucking mom? Oh yeah. <laughs> I feel like they forgot Noah's mom works at a pizza place for half the episode or something. Well, and like, that she's my mom's a nurse. A... She can help out with the DNA side of things. And it's like, how? First of all, she's not a nurse anymore. Like, would she have a contact at the lab? Like, what are you even talking about? Also, like, they'll just do DNA tests at the hospital. This favor that she's asking this friend is a massive fucking task. Yeah. This yeah, is not I know. like it's, an easy thing you could do. It's like a hundred plutty, like uh, cotton balls. Anyway, so Nurse Simmons is having the blood drive next Wednesday since we're talking around it. She says they can collect blood samples from the boys at school and compare it to the DNA of Imogen's baby. Again, massively painful, super damaging to the baby. Involves driving a huge needle into your abdomen. 
Um, part of this plan hinges on getting the help of Noah's mom, the DNA part. Uh, Tabby says they can get the real proof. <laughs> I just say, we're hoping she can help us figure out the DNA part. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. No. Your mom, the fucking junkie, works at a pizza parlor. She's on it. I, I I can't tell if it's a thing where it's like, oh, Noah doesn't know that her mom is like actively hitting the drugs hardcore again. They just forgot about that plot line for sure. That's episodes, how this is going to fall apart. But yeah, yeah, they're yeah. not they're not building something to a conclusion. But yeah, Tabby says they can get real proof. They can go to the authorities. They won't be ignored or dismissed. So Noah offers to talk to Sean. Imogen points out that Kelly volunteers in the nurse. She's got to be working the blood drive. And that she'll help out. And it's like, why? You've burned every bridge of Kelly. And also this, this we need real proof to go to the authorities. I don't love that. I understand why some people might might think they require that. But like, you can just go like, you know, like what both these girls should have done, even though I'm sure it'd be very unpleasant. It's like, go do a rape kit like immediately, you know, like, like, I don't know. Oh. I don't know why they think they need some sort of like proof that DNA proof that somebody at the school raped them in order to like go to the police with it, you know, well, as Abby says that they'll be ignored or dismissed. Okay. Whatever. You can go to a hospital. <laughs> so Farron and mouse ask, what about a, and those signatures and Imogen says, Oh yeah, that plot line. Tabby and I are going to go back to see crazy Joe. Remember I mean, crazy are Joe. Three, are the other three just not allowed to do detective stuff at all? I, I guess so. Yeah. I think, I think they really have something going here with this Imogen Tabby. You know, it's it's their new team, Sparia. It's ever, you know, America's favorite tag team girl detective duo here. I'm gonna throw up on this microphone. Uh, Imogen says that that since he sent them the rally in the first place, he's the clearest line they have to six signature, which is dumb. Uh, meanwhile, Tabby's house. Sharon Leal steps out, looking like she's about to go jogging. Uh, there on her doormat is an old library book. It's the Scarlet Letter, and the old school library checkout card inside shows that it was checked out a bunch by Angela Waters. Why and would Angela Waters like this book? Because can... okay, so let's. Here's my guess based on this episode: the baby's dad, or or if Angela was pregnant, I think that was our first thought with the the scene at the beginning, mm-hmm. or whoever raped her, or whatever's going on, is the principal, right? I mean, he is in this episode, but like, why, why the Scarlet Letter? Like, that's a book about like a woman being branded for committing adultery. What is it about this book that is like just speaks to Angela Waters? So, like, it doesn't seem to like connect in any way to like the bullying that she's, you know, undergoing by like the Fab Five here or whatever. So, like, I don't know. Is it just because there's a letter A in it? And so, like, of course, she must love the Scarlet Letter for some reason loose logic of it's a forbidden relationship though i am going to be really un, uh, upset if they try to present this relationship if it is the principal as being consensual on her part oh, we'll just have been, to wait and see yeah this but, show uh, would this show would never mix up its messages like that so i think we can be confident that they wouldn't do that it's going to handle everything very delicately mm-hmm. was this book in the shrine yeah it was two in the warehouse okay yeah. Yeah, so also there's no there's no A letters to be printed in red and the silence kills them. <laughs> that makes it look Come on. Stupid. I mean Mona would have made sure to to work a word with the letter A in there, you know, if like if this was her motif that she was going for. Just even silence is deadly. I yeah, know, something. Boom, look at that. Yeah. Look at that, showrunners. Uh so, <sighs> so this was flashback. Yeah, anyway. yeah, 99 
uh, young Sharon Leals opened the bathroom stall door to find Angela Waters crying on the floor next to the toilet, the toilet and the wall. And it's like this, a really gross bathroom floor. Yeah. This has got to, you know, gross bathrooms are gross bathrooms. This has got to be the grossest part of this bathroom. Yeah. And also this, there's something about this that feels like such a cliche. It's like, oh, this, this like girl who's been assaulted is cowering next to a toilet crying. It's just like, it's like, why did not to have her crying in the shower? You know, like was, had you already done that or something? Like, I don't know. It just feels so unimaginative. Well, they couldn't get young Sharon Leal. Yeah, place. obviously. Yeah. But it's like, it's like what, if we can't do crying in the shower, what's the next thing? Crying in, in a bathroom stall, you know, which you could have easily then just swapped in a, a LED. Right, mm-hmm. and that's that's when she finds her, and we don't have to do some kind of gross like gay panic stuff. But we we have to have different characters involved, um, whatever. I don't know. Anyways, so Angela says something happened to me, and then cut to the same fucking library, but it's like the 1999. You know, the young moms, or, and Sydney comes in, and she says, uh, "Oh, so she says there's something wrong with Angela," and they're like. Oh, you mean the girl we have been psychologically diminishing bit by bit for the last few months? Davy calls Angela? her dumb pudding for some reason. Like she's Harley Quinn. I don't even know. Um, but yeah, it's like, no, something like serious happened. We'll learn about it later. Yeah. So, so like, I don't know, like that's, is, is Sharon Leal like the good one who never totally bullied her or something? Like I was waiting for a shoe to drop here in this episode. It doesn't seem like it ever really happens. Because... She's alive, so therefore she can't be like a sinner. She can't be evil. She can't have done anything wrong. I mean, the other moms would like ditch her or whatever, you know. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, there's no, there's no. I, Honestly, even show, even even the moms who are like not great people in the '90s, it's still pretty fucking tame, all things considered. Yeah. Like what we've it's, seen so far, you ditched her a couple times. And like you, like you know, abandon her when you were making out because you got caught. And kind of like made fun of her, like made that. Her get a tattoo, yeah. But like, wow, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 teenager shit. Mm-hmm. So back to now, present day Sharon Leo is just reflecting all this, like sitting in her home library, or whatever. Then we're at the train cars. Uh, and it's been, by the way, it's been snowy for like an episode or two. It's snowy mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Um, inside, Imogen and Tabby are meeting with this crazy Joe fellow. Imogen's rehashing their trip to the rally and the six signatures and uh, asks if he's the six signature and he's suddenly like well they like immediately out. get weird about it or they're like oh we found the sign-in book um you know everyone who visit rose waters and she's like i thought i told you to forget about this <laughs> it's like I, I, it's they're like any dude could be no clue and it's like it couldn't be you and he's like i think you need to leave you know like he just freaks out immediately i don't this reaction's odd to me he's like i've been too much joe Gotta amp up the crazy. Yeah. They're like, did so, you know Angela was raped? And he's like, someone told you that? And then, very weird deduction here. She says, wait, did you think we wouldn't find any... Uh, you didn't think we would find anything out, did you? And it's like, why? That's a weird reaction to his like surprise that they heard about Angela being raped. I don't know. It's not a weird reaction if Imogen knows more than she's letting I, on. Or but, she's read the script, yeah. Yeah, but he says, you don't know what you're getting yourselves into. She's brought more money. She thinks that's what he wants. That's a shakedown. Again, my question is, how much money does she have left? He yells that he doesn't want money. He wants them to get out of this whole thing or be bad for them. Go, go, go. And the hacky detail is that he's been like boiling water for tea the whole time. Yeah, so oh, we got to have the, the tea kettle. We get to the high pitch crescendo. Yeah. So they run off and then presumably he just enjoys a glass of tea. 
that because that one is right up there with the like you and I were not so different. It's like you have to stop doing this in TV shows and movies. Like it's just it's been done too many times. Yeah. The the boiling tea kettle, like you know, is whistling to create tension. No, stop it. It's it's right up there with uh, sexy time, and then the train goes into the mm-hmm. tunnel. Uh, I just want to say right now, obviously this guy is not Pleatherface because then why would he tell them to drop it? Yeah, and obviously because there's two episodes left is. So in Noah's house, she comes home and needs her mom's help. Her mom was acting like everything's hunky-dory. I feel like these two should currently hate each other. Yeah. Also, so this uh, was a scene that played out really awkwardly to me because, like, we could have come into the scene after she's told her mom what happened to Imogen and Tabby, mm-hmm. but instead mm-hmm. she tells them, and it's like, Mom, Imogen and Tabby are raised, and Mom's like, oh, my God, that's so awful. Anyway, we need you to, like, do this DNA thing. Sure, baby, whatever. It's like, that's and then she just hugs her and that's the whole scene. It like it just plays very strange. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try an exercise here. Imagine if you would come to your mom and said, Mom, Marcus Sparks and Benjamin Light were raped. I feel like there's some follow-up questions because the way yeah. you said that sounds is it did it all happen at once? Was it a single event where they said Well, like I, you'd want to take the time to talk to your daughter about yeah, yeah. how she how feels about this. About this? You yeah. know, like and you know, is there any you know, precautions we need to take, like, you know, did, what, what information do you have? Like, I don't know. I feel like it, this wouldn't just be like, anyway, we need you to help with this blood drive. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Well, also the actress playing the mom is her sides of the scene. She looks like she's looking at something truly horrifying. Like, like, like that. Noah could be holding up a bloody knife and about to stab a puppy or whatever. Cause she's just like, ah, Oh my God. You know, it's, it's yeah and so questionable. it's like mom we need to help you out with this dna thing and she's like oh i have a friend at the lab sure uh will you help mom and the mom's like let me talk to my friend if we can figure it out minimal risk then yes amazing thank you mom they hug and it's like that's the whole scene it's i don't know it, it doesn't seem like a scene involving two human beings in my opinion but that's just me i mean your friend is going to be fine at bringing in like 50 plus mm-hmm. random blood samples which are going to all be somewhat tainted together yeah i mean shoving them in a trash can together mm-hmm. um also the mom of all people is just like you know that this is like not going to remotely hold up in court right <laughs> i mean like and the, the chances that it's actually going to open a new investigation are iffy because uh, shockingly folks i know we've cultivated this kind of out of control true crime fandom that's like caused more problems now than it's helped but like law enforcement doesn't actually like you bringing citizen evidence forward that opens up a whole other can of worms yeah so tabby's house she comes in uh her mom's just having a big old glass of wine and kind of like just feeling herself on the couch there oh and imogen's here too and so the discussion about like it's thanksgiving week coming up and like um what does imogen want for thanksgiving dinner and she's like oh my mom and i all just helped out at the shelter like the whole day i don't know um but anyway, she's like, why don't you do that in the week? And then you can come Thanksgiving dinner. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. And then Sharon Little continues to sink under the crushing weight of those original sins. Mm-hmm. Um, Imogen's room, Tabby and Imogen are sitting on the floor by Imogen's bed with the school books laid out around them. And Tabby's like, oh my God, we're dealing with a serial killer and possibly a serial rapist. And my mom is asking what you want for Thanksgiving dinner. And this is a line that would be a little bit absurd, but fun in the old PLO, but it's a tacky as hell here. But it, it would make sense if the mom knew about any of this. You know what I mean? They would yeah. be like, wow, my mom is like 
so obsessed with like, you know, like family get togethers or whatever that, you know, this is where her mind is. But like, how's the mom supposed, like, I don't know. It's just like that line doesn't play right because you're like, well, obviously the mom doesn't know about any of the stuff you guys are doing. So of course she'd be asking about Thanksgiving dinner. But the show's not nuanced enough to, to, to have the girls cover. Like this is the absurdity of our lives that we're trying to be normal and all this shit. Or the line just could have been like, we're dealing with all this stuff. And we still have to like do Thanksgiving dinner, like make it about them and not the mom, you know? Mm-hmm. And because Bailey Madison, who I realized earlier today that I've always confused with an actress named Maya Mitchell, because they look exactly the same. Mm. But Bailey Madison has a new idea about the signatures because she's been watching PLL on HBO Max. And she says that her mom was spirit queen and everyone signed her yearbook. So maybe they'll find a match there because now everyone's a handwriting expert. So Tabby says this is like a needle in a haystack. No. And Imogen's like, it's not just about A and Angela Waters. Get ready for this. It's also about my mom. Mm-hmm. And Tabby's like, no shit. This is just so annoying because like you could picture the real PLL doing such a better version of this plot line where like Spencer would have had like here, look at the like she would know. I don't know what the actual letter is, but she'd know that like, oh, handwriting experts always look at like the A or something like that. You know, um, we literally had this scene in PLL. Yeah. But like, you know, (laughs) we're looking for this type of a and then they would somebody later would see it in a place they weren't expecting or maybe maybe they they don't know what to look for. So we the audience see it and we're like, oh, shit, watch out. You know, like some sort of tension could be created from that sort of thing. What was the thing that she was allergic to? And you were pretty sure that mushrooms, the the twinster thing. Okay, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking, man, if PLL had gone to an eighth season, like Spencer Hastings would just be setting up like saw traps to catch people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so well, car, but I just want to say this is one of my big problems with this episode is like I've seen Veronica Mars. I know what like good teen detective work looks like. And this is just some like half ass lazy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so title card Thanksgiving week. We're looking at the swimming lane, a large pool, and there's Emily Fields. Nope, it's, it's just Farron. What, what is going on here? Like, stop it. You creepy, like, single white female, the showrunner. Like, stop it. Like, you can't just give, like, the swimming thing to Farron now. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. I guess uh, this is part of her physical therapy or something. It's never explained. We just see her swimming for some reason. And then she's yeah. like, like, takes her goggles off and is, like, looking satisfied. I, I have to wonder if like Zario is like, you know, I'm actually like a championship swimmer. Mm-hmm. If you cast me as a, a dancer, uh, do you want to work any swimming in? Because I'm actually really good at that. So, anyway, just, so, so she's she's got her like new um, like back brace, which has got to be like the most aesthetically pleasing back brace that's ever been invented. Looks like a bulletproof vest a little bit. Kind of like, but only around like the stomach, like not yeah. not not like the upper torso. Yeah. Yeah. So she's. We see her then walking down the school hallway. Henry catches up with her. He's wearing a turtleneck. Uh, he suggested they catch a movie at the Orpheum tonight. She can't because she has PT. Which spoiler, she's overdoing it. Though it doesn't look like it's causing her any problems. But he asks, "What about over Thanksgiving?" He says that his family will be watching football and nothing against the Steelers, but he'd much rather be hanging with her. That can be arranged. They smooch. They keep walking. Then sort a film class. The Steelers haven't played on Thanksgiving since 2016. They're certainly not playing there this year. Okay, but this is also a world in which Halloween's on the wrong day. Mm-hmm. Uh, film class, it's just Tabby and Mr. Smithy, like after class or something. He wants to talk about her final project. Uh, also, behind him is a poster for a Bella Lugosi movie called The Human Monster. Uh, there's also a poster on the back wall for a House of a Thousand Corpses, which I do not believe would you would ever hang in a high school classroom. Well, ever. not one where they have these kind of like content restrictions. Exactly. Know? 
yeah. exactly. Especially in a scene where we're talking about mm-hmm. permission slips. Yeah. He he says that when she told him that she would be telling a rape revenge story, that he, she assured him it would be restrained and metaphoric. And she says that it will be the way she's going to shoot it. He says he needs to discuss it with Principal Clanton. And then he hands her a permission slip and says that she needs to get written permission from her mother to discuss such dark material. And I'm sorry, what is the written form for making a rape revenge movie in your high school film class? Yeah. I feel like there fucking isn't one. But she takes it and is, is bothered by it but recognizes it's fair and thanks him. On the snowy grass field of the disgusting school, Noah's like sitting there in the bleachers talking to Sean. He's in his football uniform. Can we talk about again how their football uniforms look like something you throw together for like a music video like it looks like something from like the smells like teen spirit music video they don't look like real i don't know football uniform I, mean, I feel like they're supposed to like i don't know this guy the rudo guy has like this like aesthetic where everything looks like it's from the 50s or something i feel like he it's intentionally like old school or something but it's just like these like it's like a real play on like a colors mm-hmm. um so he, she's in the bleachers talking to Sean. He's in his full uniform. She just told him about tabbing the image. And he's like, holy so, shit, that's horrible. So they're just telling everyone now. I was like a little surprised by that here. We're like, oh, you're telling Sean? Well, you know, the episode, other than the Sharon Leal stuff, which doesn't have the nuance to really get into like her issues there. It's really taking on this, like there's like this sisterhood that the women will come together to, you know, have like a, a midsummer like all cry and, and and scream at each other and have like community, which is great. But like letting Sean in. Yeah. That's against mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Especially since he's friends like, with the football player. Yeah. I don't know. I, I thought it was weird that they told Sean, but anyway, um, she wants to uh, have him go make sure all like the football dudes take blood tests or something. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. If you were Sean and you just heard that your girlfriend said, we're pretty fucking sure that one of your homies on the football team is like a serial rapist. Wouldn't the storyline have to somewhat be about you now questioning the guys you're on the team with? Yeah. Okay. So quick correction. She doesn't tell him about the blood test yet. She just tells him about the rape and she's wondering if it could be one of the guys on the football team. And he's like, no way, man, my boys wouldn't do that. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so she talks about the after parties where a bunch of football players is going to happen. And we get this reverse POV where we see Greg and a bunch of these other dildos just like hanging out in their slush that they practice in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Sean says none of his bros could have done it. You know, they're crass and a lot, but they wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so Tabby's house, again, gloomy as fuck dinner table for mom. This thing is lit like it's at a fucking campfire. Everyone's uh, backlit as usual. So, Tabby's uh, project is about a woman who gets uh, who was assaulted who gets revenge on her attacker by carving an A on his chest. Um, sure. And Sydney's like, where is this coming from, Tabitha? And she's like, um, actually, it's something inspired by the Angela Waters girl. Like, I guess this is just like she's slowly getting closer to the truth, you know? Um, but like, wouldn't this freak out the mom more since she just got a fucking copy of the Scarlet Letter handed to her? Well, I feel like Sydney uh, Hayworth here is the only one who seems like like to kind of play off her like um, kind of danger sense or whatever. I don't know. It's, it's like it's clearly like, you know, alarming her, but she's not showing it mm. to Tabby. You know, it's like we can the acting is there to communicate that this is like throwing her. But Tabby, it's not so much that it's like obvious that other characters can pick up on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So bothered by this, but, you know, 
she said Imogen's been obsessed with Angela Waters. And when she told her about this detail, it stuck with her. So we see Tabby sliding the form over and her mom picks up a pen and signs. I think that um, the mom is starting to figure out that maybe something happened to Tabby. Because it's like, where is this coming from, basically? Also, does it is it kind of playing like Tabby knows a little bit of what will push her mom's buttons and is pushing them here? I don't know. I mean, that's like, a very charitable read. Um, it kind of seems like she's like manipulating her to get in the signature. Anyway, yeah. Kelly's house. So we're telling yeah. Kelly now, too. I thought Kelly was like your enemy, but I guess not. Yeah. So Imogen is telling Kelly all about what happened to her and Tabby. And it's like, oh, my God, I was so off you to that night. Kelly, don't. The reason I'm here, the reason I'm choosing Trusty is because I need your help because you volunteer in the nurse's office. And so you're like the linchpin of her like Operation Blood Drive thing. <laughs> Kelly says, yeah, where is this going? <laughs> yeah, this seriously. Fucking, this fucking blood heist mm-hmm. that they're about to pull. So all the sinners are going to be volunteers like helping out the blood drive. And- also, she does a Kelly. We were friends, and that's why I hope you'll do this right now. And there's just I feel like we just keep getting it explained over and over again. Like Kelly, I'm carrying the DNA of my attacker. We're going to get a paternity test. Like yeah, we know, we know. Like do you have to like show a scene of the girls explaining this? Like each new person they bring into the plot line. I think that they're trying to add emotional heft to their to Imogen's drive, and also again, Imogen is stealing this particular storyline as Tabby shifts more to her film. Imogen is like taking over the blood heist. Well, and she's like, but Kelly, we were friends, and that's why I hope you'll do the right thing. Okay. Yeah. But Weird little guilt somewhat, trip there. Somewhat manipulative. Yeah. yeah. More than somewhat. And since especially Kelly is a integral part of this plan. Yeah. Anyway, Farron's room. She's sitting on her bed doing her homework, wearing her back brace. And my boy Zeke comes in asking how PT was. She says, easy peasy. She'll be dancing in no time. He asks about the brace. She's only supposed to wear it six hours a day or however long is comfortable. Wants to make sure she's not sleeping in it. Of course not. She says she tries to take it off. Once he leaves, she restraps it because she's. She thinks that she can, I don't know, like just do do all her back brace wearing like in double the time or something. So recovery doesn't take as long. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This whole plot line with her, it's like it's like they realize that they'd kind of like wrapped up any potential storyline that character had. And so they're like, well, how do we keep. We get, we'll just keep going, I guess. We'll we'll have her like have issues with physical therapy. Or it's like it's like they just are dragging it out now. You know, it's like the plot line already ended. Just well, so let it go. He, is he like? Don't worry about your mom bothering you tonight. She's in a wheelchair and she's downstairs. Yeah. So oh. motel mouse is meeting with her mom Elodie, who got who really the, did get kicked out and is staying in a hotel. This is the same motel where she went on her breakfast for dinner I'm date with Steve. Sure, it's the only hotel, probably. Anyways. Yeah. Mouse just really wants her moms to talk to each other. Why is that so hard? I don't know. How did he says? I don't know what your mother's been saying to you, but she is not the victim here, which is a wild response to "I wish you two would talk to each other." Um, uh, no, it's worse because Mouse asks, "How did we get so broken?" So I'm not talking about to see Mouse. Will you talk about my dad then? What was his name? Even it's not your father, Mouse. Forget it. It's like Mouse is just going to be obsessed with her dad now. Yeah. Even though she appears to have two loving parents. Yeah. Anyway, anyway so yeah. Mouse goes and breaks into the pawn shop late at night and like um, in amongst like the 2020 tax returns, she just like finds her birth certificate right there. Like how convenient. It's just like mm-hmm. insurance, taxes, minis personal. <laughs> yeah. Uh and it's this guy's name's like Adam Stevens or something, right? Or Aaron, Aaron Stevens. Stevens. Yeah. Yeah. That does not look like a birth certificate, but sure. 
Yeah, this fucking needful thing shop that they run. Uh, Imogen's room. She's going through her mom's old yearbook. Oh, at- real quick. Uh, birthday's 5-12-2007. So never mind that stupid wanted poster one more time from the credits that they completely fucked up. Probably on purpose to make you mm-hmm. think there was something more interesting going on. Gross. Uh, so uh, Imogen goes through her mom's old yearbook. There's a shitty part of the yearbook that's just marked autographs. Uh, this time Tabby gets to go what come into her room. That? What? I'm just putting autographs in here. It's so tacky. Yeah, it's well, but also people are going to sign wherever the hell they want. Like yeah. you're not going to control where the signatures go. It's not something that I, editor in chief of a national award winning yearbook, would do personally. I love when you can find an excuse to drop that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tabby comes in her room this time and asks, "What, what the fuck is the progress?" Uh, Imogen found her mom's freshman, sophomore, and junior yearbooks, but not the senior one. Shockingly, she's not a handwriting expert, so she has no matches to signature. Um, I would. I'm missing her, guy. Tabby. Yeah, I would certainly look for this guy's Joe's handwriting and, and eliminate him first. Yeah, you'd think you'd just look for Joe. But. Also, Imogen is positive that she should just talk to her mom. She would tell her the truth. <sighs> Your mom, in theory, just decided to off herself rather than do anything. So I don't know about that, Imogen. Yeah. Tabby suggests that Imogen chill the fuck out on this since it's Thanksgiving and there's a blood drive. Image says that she's missing her mom more and more, and it's easier when she's doing stuff. Tabby asks about the fucking soup kitchen tradition without help, and Imogen's like, maybe, but that was bullshit. So, Tuesday, uh, we're in the nurse's office. Kelly's there at the sinners, and she's like, here's some volunteers. And the nurse says, well, your first job is to make sure people show up and donate. We want blood from everyone. Time for another musical montage. Everyone going to all their different classes and telling them how important it is to sign up for the blood drive. This show just loves these scenes. They do do them whenever they can. Imogen is wearing a big salmon sweater of hearts all over it. Yeah. So Uh, they go to all their classes and tell them, you know, why this is so important. Free passes, the Orpheum, whatever. Um, Tabby's like uh, a film professor, teacher, just like glaring at her the whole time. Uh, I'm sorry. Mouse's speech to her sparsely attended computer class has some of the worst dialogue ever. America, including Millwood, is in crisis. Experiencing its biggest blood shortage in over a decade. Um, yeah, a lot of spinning camera. They just they love doing this. Any excuse they have for all the girls to go do something together, you know, like put flyers out or whatever. Okay, free passes to the Orpheum if they sign up today. That guy, Wes, is going to go out of business spectacularly. <laughs> How is he not already? Anyway, principal's office. Tabby's talking to the principal. She says, I don't understand. My mom sent the permission no, to slip. No, hold on. Hold on. Turn on a goddamn light in this office. Yeah. It's dark as fuck in this goddamn office. He has a lamp turned on and just like pointed at his face. Um, the film teacher's in the background there not saying anything the whole time. The principal's basically like, we, we, you know, be that as it may with the permission slip, we can't have our students exposed to such inappropriate content. And she's like, the content to my story, sexual assault and the trauma that comes with it is something that young women deal with 24-7. And she's just she's going off. Uh, which, like, I don't know. I like a, I guess it depends on how you portray it, but it's not shocking that a school wouldn't allow this. No. You know, like, a school's not going to allow adult subject, other kinds of adult subject matter. So I, I could see why they wouldn't allow this either. Yeah. Like, if you were, like, a lot of teens do drugs every day. I don't see why we can't show, you know, teens deal with drugs 24-7. Why can't we show somebody getting high in my, like, school project? Like, I think they're still going to be like, sorry, now. 
No, you know, one in 10 kids has experienced something tangential to violent crime. Mm-hmm. Why can't I just do a fucking blood laugh of a murder fan? Or what, yeah. what, it's, anyway. So she's very uh, upset. And he's like, I understand. Believe me, I sympathize. I wish the world were a safer, better place for young women, which is just so patronizing. Uh, but I cannot approve this film for class assignment. Tough shit. Yeah. Uh, in the school hallway, Chip is visiting Image in her locker. He's inviting her to his family's Thanksgiving. She says, nah. She's spending the day of Tabby and her mom, but counterproposal, she invites him to go to soup kitcheting with her. He says, uh, uh, yes, immediately, like way too. This is, he's like way too desperate, and, you know? Yeah. He's creepy, even beyond the things that we know about him. He's just, he, a, he wants it way too much. Yeah. This is a guy who, if you tweet something, he's liked it two seconds later. <laughs> he's that guy. Um, Madam Jerry's office, which is gloomy, but somehow less gloomy and larger than the principal's office. It's significantly larger than the principal's <laughs> of office. Of course. As we all know, this is a world-class ballet department they have here also, at this high school, 200 people. Why is Madam Jerry in this episode? Is she someone's best friend who makes this show? I wonder. I don't know. I mean, like, like seriously, why the fuck is she in every episode? Well, it's this whole thing where uh, Farron wants to like audit Giselle so she can do the moves when she's better and Matt and Geary's like, oh, sorry, I like I postponed it to next year. So, like, does the rest of the class just not get to do ballet until Farron's back or something? Like, and Farron's like very like disheartened to hear this. She's like, oh, I'm trying so hard with my physical therapy, and Matt and Geary has to be like, you can't rush it. Sorry, like this is just the reality of the situation. It's going to take time. Somehow. Madam Jerry, who seemed like a, like a racist, tyrannical monster in the first few episodes now, she's like the one who's giving Farron like the straight dope about life. Yeah. So Farron goes into her locker and she takes off her uh, back brace and kind of like shoves it in the locker. She's pissed off. And then she just texts Henry and says like, hey, let's get do movie and pizza, which I just don't really, I don't know. It's it's so half-assed. Like you, you could have made a whole meal out of this plotline if you really wanted to, to like have a few scenes of her doing the PT, like, like, you know, like really build it up to something, but instead it's like, it's all so quick. Like it's over. The episode's not even halfway over yet. And we're done with this plot line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just the way this show Whoa. is written is so bad. I would think you would throw in something about the physical toll of overdoing the PT. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean that, you know, it's like Emily and the pain cream thing. Like they really, they built that up, you know, like yeah. this show can't be bothered. It's not even half over and they're like done with this plot line. They burn straight through it. I just remember those computer classes where like in junior high, where you had to like, you know, learn how to type by retyping this book. And at whatever point you finish in the semester, yeah. you had the rest of the time just to play games. And I just picture like these kids showing up for ballet class and she's like, I don't know, just fucking spin for an hour or something. <laughs> eat subway eat fresh uh so the football team is on the ice uh sean comes over and 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 talks to noah she's now telling him about their plan that she needs him to convince the team to sign up for the blood drive i love how it's just like yeah they're not gonna do that yeah and she's Um, like why not and he's like oh some guys are on some stuff you know what i'm saying so they're just you know not gonna do it and she's like well they're not gonna test for that and he's like yeah but there's no way they're gonna risk it which is like this is like the weird occasional bit of like verisimilitude that the show brings it's like yeah if those guys are all like on steroids they're probably not gonna want to get blood tested well so two things one she's like you mean like steroids as if i don't know man did you not film last week's episode already? yeah yeah i know (laughs) and 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 secondly what the fuck is the point of all the steroids if you still haven't won a game 
Well, I guess that's what the steroids are for, you know. But you like presumably they've been on it for a while. It ain't helping. Yeah, but he says, "Don't worry about it. I'll donate. I'll be first in line." So hmm, I, don't know, I wonder what that means, you know. Um. Anyway, but they're not going to get the other football team. So meeting in the library where she's just like the football team or they're like our prime suspects. What are we going to do? I have a plan B. We'll just like go into the locker room and like swab all their gross shit. And so like their plan, basically, they're not they're not keeping track of anything. So they're going to have one big bucket of evidence that's like tainted tainted evidence from one group and then the blood drive evidence and if it's a match in one of them, it'll like sort of vaguely let them know, well, maybe it's somebody on the football team or maybe it's just another student at the high school and that's it. Years later, they will make a fucking God awful Netflix documentary series about this. And they're going to interview so many people with blogs and Twitter accounts who are suddenly experts on DNA evidence about this. Uh, yeah, they go, they, Imogen repeats the obvious that the you know if it comes out of the locker room, it's a football player. If it comes out of the blood drive, it's someone else. You know, so they're going to shoot the suspects one by motherfucking one. I it mean, does gross PE montage. class do not exist? Yeah, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, this so montage, just, another fucking like song montage. This is real gross. Pulling hair out of the boys' shower drain. There's there's like this shot of like the sinks where like the dudes are all like shaving and they're all their deodorant like hairbrushes are left out. Like, what is this? This is not a high school bathroom. What the fuck? Yeah, no swapping mouth guard swapping. Dude's just like shaving in like the locker room bathroom. Tabby's swiping the inside of like water bottles. Noah is just straight up snatching jock straps. Uh to quote minority report and cinema sins, this is an orgy of evidence. Yeah. Um, also the shitty song that's playing all over this is who died is that keeps saying died who died in making yeah. uh the answer is QE too. Um so Tabby's house, Sharon Little has topical. Invited, yeah, thank you. Let's talk about Charles's weird hands. Anyway, Sharon Little has uh, invited Elodie, Corey, and Noah's mom over. Uh we have an issue. Wait, I forgot. Is Corey in the wheelchair still here? Um I can look. But yeah, they're they're finally getting together again. Um, she appears to just be sitting on the couch, although she does have her, her foot is still in a boot. Okay, I was gonna say I thought she was gonna be in that wheelchair for six weeks. So we have an issue, she says, or maybe it was it having a uh, wine PT? during the day. Yeah. Um, she said Imogen's still investigating Angela Waters, and Elodie says that Mouse is asking questions as well, and Noah too. Noah's mom says. So Corey points out that Tabby and Imogen are clearly the instigators. So Elodie tells her to snoop on them. Well, like she's like, oh, somehow they found out that Angela was raped. I and mean, like, okay, so in this scene is Noah's mom, who has learned that Tabby and Imogen were raped. Yeah. Sydney does not know that. Yeah. <laughs> Noah's mom says nothing about this. Nope. Nope. At all. Nope. Like, no, like, I'm so sorry. Is Tabby okay? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. 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 Well, as a as a former nurse who sometimes moonlights pretending that she's still a nurse, like I have a friend that you you she could talk to, like yeah, a counselor, yeah. You know, no, I think she's just so like observant of HIPAA regulations that you know she just can't say anything. Or maybe she's pulling Jack Shepard. She was high. This, this would be like if I were writing, a, you know, a sequence of scenes like this, and I came across this and like shit. She can't be in the scene, otherwise, why wouldn't they talk about this? Like, I have to find a way around this. You know, like I, she can't be in the scene. It, it'd be something like that. Like that's the only way you do it. You what can't you just do? be like, well, maybe they just don't talk to each other about it. I don't know. What would you do if uh, the moment this last episode drops for this podcast, mm-hmm. we get a thing in the inbox, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa? He's like, 
join the writers, writers room for season two. I sent him an email back, the picture of middle finger. Fuck that guy. Mm, interesting. So school courtyard, I think it's a courtyard, whatever you want to call this thing in between classrooms. Mouse is walking with Ash and telling Ash that her moms are still not speaking. Ash suggests that uh, uh, Mouse talks about his place for Thanksgiving. Friendsgiving. Sure yeah, Friendsgiving. She's not sure she can. She says that Ash can feel free to lie and say that his parents are more messed up than her. She, uh, she points out that he has cool parents, that they adopted him as a baby. He points that out. They were always like supporting and loving, including when Ash came out as trans. So he's, he's asked, adopted too. So now she's like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's not like she's really ever asked him questions. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, she's just been ducking his numerous attempts to try to like hang out with her. So she asks if Ash would want to know who his parents were. And he's like, yeah, even if it was risky, he'd want to know. So Mouse's room, she pulls out a Girl Scout vest. Yeah. It's like it, in the moment, you're like, what the fuck is this? But like, this like, is going to no. be her weird disguise later. Please, please, whatever this is, please don't. She pulls out this like old Girl Scout vest and says, here I come, dad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's gross. Anyway, Tabby at work. Uh, Wes shows up and he's like, "What's going on?" She's like, "Oh, that's new. How comes the new concept for my film project? Because mine is too controversial." And he's like, "Fuck the police, man! Like, you should do like, do you know, do your own thing. Like, do another project for the for class, but then do your own things. That'll be what gets you into NYU." And it's like, "Wow, thanks for that great advice, groomer." Yeah. Well, but on the other hand. I wish this hadn't come from him, but it's like, if you want to make this film tab, you go make this film. Like, I totally get why you want this. To like, why does he need class. to be the one to give her yeah, yeah, of all seriously. of all characters? You know? Yeah, seriously. She, they, they need to give her her own drive because she clearly has earned it. It's like, they can't make up their mind on this guy. They like, it's like, they want him to be the Ezra who they can dunk on and be like, see, mm. we did it better. But then they also like the character. And so yeah, they keep they, on like backpedaling on him. Also, He's such a he's such a fake fanboy too because he's like, do two movies then one for them and one for you. That's what Christopher Nolan would do. Yeah, it's like that doesn't actually apply here. You yeah, idiot. it doesn't. I mean, what are we talking like Batman and I don't know but, the Prestige or something? Like it's like okay, yeah. He he the one time he did a movie for like eighty million dollars just so he could go do a movie for one hundred and fifty. That doesn't make sense. Um, but yeah, he says no problem. You know, she's like that's what I needed to hear. And he's he's like, no problem. And goes on about his way, like fucking satisfied with himself because he got to pass on advice to this young girl. So the soup kitchen, Imogen and Chip are dishing out mashed potatoes. And they like, they watch a guy have an episode and Chip is like, wow, who knew that volunteering could be so intense? And she's like, yeah, flashback. Flashback um, to seeing some crazy looking old lady or I don't know, like middle-aged lady like sitting down and her mom, Davy being like oh wait right here and like she sees her mom go over and talk to this lady who's like screaming and being crazy and like to, you know Imogen's like remembering this all now like her mom you know comes over and it's like oh we need to go right now it's like wow that was so strange I just remembered that my mom might have talked to Rose Waters yeah well because this like sad ass woman is like creepily like staring over at her now mm-hmm. also I mean, who knows with the what was the what was the term for the uh, uh, malleable timeline on PLL? Uh, endless November. No, no, no. the The fucking term they had to come up with for like why Toby and Allison were playing. I don't remember. Thirteen. Oh, um, um, it, yeah, you know, it, oh, I can't remember. It's like imagined something or something Wait, like whatever. that. Whatever. Like, are we just to believe that all of these fucking important flashbacks mm-hmm. of Davy all happened like the last two years? 
Yeah, yeah, really. Um, um, did you notice when they when they come out of the flashback, Chip's like kind of got his arm or his hand on her back, and she kind of like looks at it for a second. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, no, she I, goes she goes home and tells Tabby about this new revelation of her memory that she thinks my mom might have you know known Crazy Rose Waters. Oh, I'm sorry. My mom was having an intense energy exchange with this woman. Very intense. An energy exchange. Yeah, so Crazy Rose Waters, they, they proclaim. Maybe she came back to Millwood after Rally Sanitarium shut down. So out in the hallway, Sharon Leo has like laundry baskets, like walking past, like here's this. Well, in and room. Imogen saying, we got to find the Waters house. If Rose Waters is there, she'll have all the answers we're looking for. It's like, you didn't think already to try to do this? I don't know. Okay. I would even find it more adorable if it was just like, all right, Tabby, like not in this episode, but like four episodes ago, they're like, all right, Tabby, we got to get to the bottom of this. First, let's spend the weekend binging Veronica Mars. <laughs> then we'll have the skills. I mean, it would help them. It really would help them. But it's yeah. weird that like they assume that the mom like went to Radley and then got shipped off somewhere else. And only now they're like, maybe we should look up and see if we can find the mom. I don't know. Yeah. Well, but, but you know, on the off chance that she came back to Millwood. Otherwise, yeah. they like, have no Like, why no haven't recourse. you done that already? Yeah. So, in the room, Tabby surmises that Rose could still be alive today. You know, she's like, fuck the six signature. Let's just find the Waters house. Outside, Sharon Leal's listening and overhearing this. But bump, bump. Now it's Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noah's walking through the school hallway, like, surrounded by people. And she's, like, carrying a bunch of Band-Aids. She sees, like, a drug it. deal do- go down in, like, plain sight in the hallway here among the jocks. These, like, little blue pills they have, which are their steroids. And she's just like, ah, well, well, I never. She's, she's like. I hope it won't be important that I witness that and specifically know what those pills look like. I hope that won't have ramifications in my own personal life. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, meanwhile, the blood drive time, Tabby and Farron are working the welcome table and Henry shows up and he's just like, I got a little lightheaded when I give blood. We see Henry giving blood. We see Chip giving blood. Yep, um, Chip's there. I don't know if we see Sean giving blood. He said he would. Um, yeah. Blood drive so, shit. And then Imogen like, comes up with an excuse to uh like go get some more cookies so she can like sneak into like the nurse's office and like look up look up like school records that somehow they have like Angela Waters like home address on file from like twenty years ago. Cool. So 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 Kelly's there in her blue gloves mm-hmm. with like putting the cotton balls on each needle spot before they put the band-aid on. In a way that I don't think you need another person to do this. Like you don't need Kelly's role in this. The nurse No, every time I've easily. been uh, like, you know, a hospital or something to get my blood drawn, it's just one person and how they, yeah, they can handle it. it. It really doesn't need to be more. Also, mm-hmm. she has her blue like latex gloves on, but like with a ring over one. Yeah, whatever. That can't be hygienic. But she's she's like then pocketing the the cotton ball and like stashing it in the trash, so it looks like a bag of like blood red eyes. Which <sighs> then um, she like signal Noah to come like pick up this bag full of bloody cotton balls, so they can you know take that to get tested. This is like such a horrible plan. Yeah. Uh, Mouse and Ash are sitting off to the side. Ash is feeling a little dizzy, and she's like, "Well, you look very cute with like your t-shirt rolled up like a greaser." And he's like, "Oh, you're weird," and I love it. And they kiss. Yeah, Imogen uh, goes and gets the uh, address in the office there for Rose Waters, and then cut to later. The blood dries over. All the sinners walk out, and they like hand over their like gross evidence and and bloody cotton balls to Noah's mom, and she's like, two weeks. This will totally be done." Yeah. It's a lot of work for your friend. Mm-hmm. And they all go have pizza to celebrate. And they're yeah, like, so, hey, 
you know, this is, this feels anticlimactic. There's still 20 minutes left in the episode. What should we do? And they're like, I have an idea. Let's go clubbing. We haven't had a scene where we all just dance together in a while. And like, you know, show how, what awesome BFS we are. Also, since we're obviously really rushing this, like Kelly's there too. Kelly, Kelly's suddenly a part of the team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Farron's just like, with Giselle push for a year, I need to dance. Um, it's a completely so all, different kind of dancing, up. but sure. Yeah. Yeah. They all get dressed up and they go dance at the club. I mean, would Imogen be remotely physically comfortable dancing? I mean, she's not actually pregnant. Or, or at least sure. the show's never done anything to convince us that she's actually pregnant. So. Meanwhile, Tabby's house, Sharon Leo's in the kitchen just hitting that wine hard. Uh, she has a flashback to the night that Tabby came home from the party in the woods, and Tabby looks like lost and disoriented. And Sharon Leo wants to have the mom talk, you know, have you been drinking? She starts to wonder, like, are they implying that she always suspected their daughter sexually assaulted or something happened? But she didn't actually ask the question. So now she's like snooping through Tabby's bedroom and her drawers um, at the club. The centers have a side area, like they have like a little VIP. Yeah, area. they've got like fucking bottle service with their like faux teenies here. Which still is an area where there's no way you can hear each other. Mm-hmm. Like you're like you. This needs to be the full on. Like I'm putting my mouth up to your ear and still yelling. But yeah, Tabby of course wants to know what their fucking favorite clubbing movies would be, and this is the <sighs> most congrats, the most inauthentic moment of the entire fucking show. I mean, none of them are even acting like high school students at this point. It, it just really seems like like the actors were like, wouldn't it be fun if we had a scene where we go to a club? And the writers were like, sure. Like, that's the impression I get from this scene. There are two movies that are fucking ludicrous. To think that the Last Days of Disco, Saturday Night Fever, which they're like, oh, my mom had such a crush. Uh, I think Imogen and Tabby both say, such a crush on John Travolta. And it's like, for what? Pulp Fiction? Like, <laughs> sorry, your mom, their, their moms are our age. And like Travolta is like pretty washed up. Yeah. Yeah, like from from the movie Michael, where he's an angel, <laughs> or get shorty. Yeah. Uh, so face off. No, smoking that cigarette. Dad, sorry I shot you, Dad. Why has that never been a headcanon movie? I don't know. Could be. Um. So Noah's is on Night at the Roxbury because she and Sean have seen the movie fifty times. And Farron, yikes, hers is climax again. There's no high school student who's watched a bunch of Gaspar Noe movies. No way. No way. Plus Mouse, it's French. La la. I kind of believe is Paris is burning. Um, but then again, this is still a mouthpiece exercise for the writers. And Kelly shrugs and says, Party girl. And Tabby approves of that Indy Parker Posey realness. Giving me Indy Parker Posey realness. No, I'm sorry. I hate to be a dick. The only time you've seen Parker Posey was in Scream 3. <laughs> sorry. Or, or maybe Joe's seen the Pussycats. And she's like, oh, welcome to the welcome to the losers club, Kelly Beasley. And I wanted one of the other girls to be like, I'm sorry, when do we agree that we're calling ourselves a losers club after some dumb it remake? Yeah. Second time that she's made this reference mm-hmm. does not hold. It's like it's like, hey, Tabby, stop trying to make that a thing. It's not a thing. Yeah. So then shot of Kelly coming home. It's late at night. You know, she walks in and suddenly, uh oh, dad is there waiting for her. He's like, it's two o'clock in the morning, Kelly, which like, OK, the dad sucks. But like fair you know if your ass is wandering home at two o'clock in the morning you're a teenager you're 16 years old your parents are going to be mad also the night before thanksgiving yeah yeah they are um and so she's like oh i texted mom and he's like well she was asleep when i got home (laughs) like like, then wake her the fuck up why is that my problem yeah kelly's like you know where are you then we get a cutaway of him vigorously making out with a dude up against the wall in an alleyway 
and he's just like working where else would i have been this is this is classic riverdale dude because this this uh thing was in one of the promos i know this this like brief shot of him making out with the guy but like it's like it's a nothing scene in the show it's like you 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 shot the scene so you could put it in your promos to make it seem like this is going to be some sort of major development in the character of the sheriff but it's nothing it's nothing at all it's like such a fucking cheat and a misdirect well on top of it i don't watch euphoria but i have the internet like this is a euphoria storyline it's literally a euphoria yeah. storyline with the, pre- the predator slash closet of gay man so she thinks that she has this like little victory that he's not wearing his uniform and then she's off to bed. This, I mean, it doesn't hold up at all. It's like, like unless we think that she already kind of knows or suspects that her dad's on the deal or something, like what is the point of this? Well, and there's no time to set up Kelly as a person because they're beholden to the stupid issue. Kelly or she Karen mm-hmm. and every other storyline in this fucking family is like the mom wailing like she's Sarah Palmer. Um, so Tabby's house, Tabby and you get home and they're giggling. And of course, Shane Leal's up at the kitchen counter of Tabby's laptop, and she's just like, Imogen, I need to speak to my daughter alone. Like, did so you Imogen, think your mom would be cool with you staying out till 2 a.m.? <laughs> well, it doesn't seem like the mom is upset about the getting home late. Yeah, sure. She's just upset that she had to wait to have this talk, but Imogen fucks off upstairs. Tabby asks why the mom has her laptop, and she flips it around to show the video of the naked boys in the locker room. Hey, remember that? Seven yeah. episodes later? And she's like, did you secretly record these boys? Like, do you know how wrong and illegal this is? And it's like, do you tabby do you yeah it's not what it seems like okay what is it then and then so like this quickly like she like turns around and tabby like makes this an argument about how her like her mom's keeping stuff from her too and so tabby won't say anything unless her mom starts spilling the beans and we kind of like brush aside this whole issue of like these like videos she's been taking well and like I felt like the the Farron and Corey stuff seemed really phony and it was just designed to like give Farron this kind of moral high ground to take her mom down. Mm-hmm. The like Tabby's got these lines here, like she's really taking her mom down with just like, oh, you're afraid to go there with me because I might really go there with you. And it's like, no, Tabby, your mom has got your ass here. Yeah. Also, you're busted. Also, password protect that fucking laptop. Yeah. Let's talk. I mean, really talk. Because that's something you don't do, mom, like ever. Beyond what do you want for dinner? Yeah. Ugh. Also, so, so take a card, Thanksgiving. Uh, just take a fucking moment of silence, folks, because this is the day that we all thought we lost Mona Vanderwall. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that, that scene ends with the mom, Sydney, not saying anything. And so it's like, yeah, I didn't think so. She's like, Tabby grabs her laptop and goes upstairs. And it's like, okay, guess that's yeah. the end of that plot line. Yeah, ish. So Thanksgiving morning, Mouse shows up at some house with her Girl Scout vest and some cookies. This is her fucking top secret plan. Uh, she goes to this, this house, knocks on the door, and this opened by a woman and her daughter. Mouse is stunned, and then some guy shows up and says that he's stunned by the daughter. Anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and the woman and just the family of it all, I think too. But yeah, like uh, he, the guy shows up and he's like, "Yeah, I never ordered any Girl Scout cookies." And the wife's off to get her checkbook, and then she says, "Do you know who I am, Dad?" and he's like uh go inside honey and like to his daughter it's like what was the purpose of the disguise you could have just gone to the door and said is aaron stevens here yeah because she's she, just... like she drops pretense immediately yeah like i mean do the fucking like storyline where she answers an ad and like becomes their babysitter no, for a week. Everything is so half-assed. It's just like it's all feels like they saw this in another show and they're like, oh, let's do a thing where she dresses up to go to the door. But like, 
What's- they 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 don't know how to like even copy other scenes correctly. You know, so they just like immediately cut to the chase. Guess what, guys? This is an alias. Mm-hmm. Mouse doesn't need to have like a fun little outfit every week. Oh, but anyway, he just says, I, I, I don't know what you want, but you need to leave later, deuces, and just like goes back inside. Well, just knock on the door and be like, yeah, is Aaron Stevens there? I'm his daughter. Yeah, she says, I just want to know you. And he says, uh, and the wife comes back and, and he's like, oh, this is a misunderstanding. She'll be going now. And he shuts the door on her. And that's it. Okay. She just like stands there looking sad in the doorway. Get the, know the outside of my door. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Tabby's house, Sharon Leal's cooking away. Uh, Imogen comes down to get her coat to go to the shelter to help play out, play, pay a little or help out a little bit for dinner. And Sharon Leal's pretty distant of her. I mean, is this kind of a fuck you to Sharon Leal? I mean, Imogen is really taking advantage of her hospitality, I feel like. Seriously. Seriously. Staying out all night. Well, Imogen, what do you think the impact is when you bring like a little baby <laughs> into this house? Oh, remember the baby? Yeah. Yeah. What happened to that thing? Uh, anyway, um, also, this is a lot of cooking, it seems like. Is, is no one going to fucking help this woman? No, of course not. She's going to go yeah. to the shelter some more. Anyway, at Sean's place, his house is huge. He and his dad are watching football. So no not the Sha- Steelers on screen. No one Sean's mom. Well, because that was more Henry, right? Are they wearing Steelers jerseys? What are they? Wearing? No, they're like the fake Steelers because the NFL okay. would never allow them to use the Steelers. Okay, but it's I Henry. Think, I think Roger Goodell Washington. is just like, no, I read the script. This show sucks. You can't use the NFL. <laughs> What do you mean you've got her, her starting relationship with the, the rapist? Mm-hmm. Hell no. NFL doesn't want anything to do with that. Also, these these kids aren't allowed to kneel during the national anthem. Uh, yeah, so he and the dad are watching football. Noah and Sean's mom are enjoying some pie. Noah says that her mom's working today, so they, they thanks for having her over. So I'm like, the pizza place is open on Thanksgiving. Of course it is. I love the, like, the fake football fan dialogue here. Why does he overthrow him every time? He sails it every time. Like oh, That's the best he can do. I'm not sure if any of the writers on the, uh, the staff of this show have ever seen a football game, personally. That's why we'll get hired for the mm. football lingo. Um, so they ask about track and the dad says that, you know, no, she always put her training first. Like Sean does. And Sean tells his dad to chill. It's like, be more like Shawnee, put your training first. What a weird thing to say to like your son's girlfriend, <laughs> your son's incredibly adorable girlfriend. Yeah. Like you, you kind of can't understand how your, your son pulled that. Uh, so Noah flashes back to Sean saying that he doesn't take steroids. So she excuses herself to the restroom to go snoop through his shit. She's in his room going through his well, like, sports bag. It's a weird, like, the, the motivation for this is just like, it's like, oh, Sean says he trains all the time. Uh-oh, now I suspect Sean. I don't know. It's, it's like, I, okay, I guess. Doesn't feel like a healthy relationship, but that's no. the, the, the point of logic. Yeah, so she finds, like, the little baggie of blue pills in his room. I don't know, maybe it's by Agro. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tabby's room. You want to have a four-hour erection, man. Yeah. <laughs> The kind where you have to go to the doctor to have uh, mm-hmm. some, some some blood syringed out, like Ooh. Jason Stackhouse. Attaboy, Stackhouse. Uh, Tabby's room. She's deleting all of her child porn. When she gets a text from unknown, well, it's like she deletes all of her child porn, and it's just like, all right, that's it with that plot line. I am absolved of any potential guilt for the wrong things that I have done. Well, it clearly worked from the principal from ferris bueller's well yeah well like we we never even had any sort of scene where she's it says maybe to even imogen like i've been doing this for this particular reason i thought that if i could see some physical detail it would you know bring back a memory like there's there's no actual explanation like we can kind of try to infer but the show never actually bothers to explain what she's doing or, or why or anything 
Because I think that even this show, which is pretty insensitive, had to realize that's going to come off kind of grotesque. It's like somebody told the writers like three episodes in, hey, there's no way you can justify that. You know that, right? And they're like, yeah. oh. Well, like it, it, even if you try to verbalize justification, it's going to come out grosser. Mm-hmm. Cut your losses. Uh, so downstairs, some dude is in the house yelling at Sharon Leal. Uh, this is Tyler's dad. Tabby comes down. I remember Tyler, the guy who died three episodes ago. In the dumpster. He's like calling her a liar, saying that she was the last person to see him and that she, he wants to know what she did with him. And so, uh, what is it? Sydney successfully gets him out of, before she has to call the cops. Well, and Tabby's uh, just like, oh, I'm totally sorry. Things got out of hand, but uh, I don't know what happened to Tyler, I swear. Okay. Her genuine message to this father makes her sound super guilty. <laughs> Like, this is where Cindy should have been like, oh, shit. I, I, never mind the sexual assault. I think my daughter straight up murdered this man, this young man. Now, so Mouse's house, she's like chilling on the couch with the other mom whose name is Shirley. Shirley. Sydney. Shirley. Okay. They're watching TV. And then for some reason, she goes to her room and starts fucking chatting of Stephen B. This is just what the fuck? What the fuck? I thought we were done. He says, you know, hey, I didn't, I, think, I didn't think you want to talk to me anymore. And she says, crappy Thanksgiving. How's yours? Why are you talking to this man? Why? Anyway. Like, he, this guy's like a obviously creepy stalker dude who's like following you around, who is like, like intimidating you, threatening you. And you're like, yeah, but I just really need the experience of a father. So I got to chat with this guy online, even though it's Thanksgiving and my other mom's right there. Yeah who's seemingly been a very good parent to you. Yeah. Like no complaints like on your side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and the one thing the show could depict though, not successfully is that a fucking teenage girl can contain a bizarre multitude of worlds. And it's so weird that it tries to do that with mouse of all characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in this like shitty neighborhood, Imogen finds an old house that looks like it's uh, been solely reclaimed by nature. And she says, Ooh, Shea waters. She knocks and then just like like tries the handle, lets herself in. Which yeah, you should absolutely go. I mean, I suppose house be, on your own. because this entire town seems like a massive shithole. I suppose I could buy that the town would just be like untouched for, or the house would be untouched for like twenty years or whatever. Sure, It'll just be sitting here the whole time. This is this is prime real estate in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she calls out, "Hello!" Anyone home? And starts rummaging through the house. Just looks old and abandoned. Like everything is covered in piss. There's ropes. There's a cage. There's we see a bed with like a bunch of ropes on the like the the four posts like restraints, you know, mm-hmm. and then we see like a weird what looks like a kind of a dog cage or something. But like maybe there is a human kept in there. I don't know. Um, there's some there, uh, there's a, a a skeleton hand underneath the uh, cage. too. I don't know if that was like supposed to be there. Oh, cool. It's like a there's prop some, mistake or something like some wannabe John Carpenter music playing. And she like spooks herself when she sees the pleatherface mask on like on a hook on a wall through a mirror, and she starts to like rush out of there. And then she sees Crazy Joe coming in with like I think groceries, and he told her let it go. And why wouldn't she? And he pulls a knife. He like pulls a knife, starts swinging at her and chasing her. Yeah, yeah. She's like hiding in rooms, trying to barricade herself. He's coming after her. He manages to. Well, she runs upstairs, and this is like she does the whole like throw the bookshelf behind her, and it's like one of these rooms where it's like. For for some reason, this house has like a bunch of doors that lead into other bedrooms that lead into other bedrooms, so they can like have a long like tracking shot, you know? Yeah. So she manages to hide behind a doorway and sees like a dead body in the bed, like some real like Norman's mother shit. Uh, and she like smashes a lamp over Joe's head and takes off running. Dead body of a woman in a black dress. 
Yeah. Which like later they're like, I think that was Angela's body. And I'm like, why would you think that was Angela's body? But I guess maybe they're thinking like funeral dress. Oh, oh, wouldn't it be Rose's body? Yeah, I I would. My first guess would be Rose's body personally. But yeah. yeah. So even though my mom and I saw her at the shelter, like maybe two years ago, <laughs> now she's like a corpse, like a, like a <laughs> desiccated corpse. Uh, Tabby's house, Tabby and Sharon Leo are well, so, so she gets away. She bashes crazy Joe on the head and runs away. Runs uh, out, runs Char- outside, like down the street. Yeah. Into the daylight. Mm-hmm. Um, Sharon Leo asks if Tyler hurt her. Is that why she punched him and is making her short film? And Tabby says Tyler didn't hurt her, but over the summer, Coming home from the party in the woods, she was attacked and like like Sydney gasps and covers her mouth. You know, Tabby says that she doesn't know who it was, but that she was raped. So Sydney comes over and like hugs her and says she's so sorry. And then just like I just don't know what this show is doing sometimes because we go from this like you know one one of the few like kind of tender like impactful moments the show has has managed to earn like you know mom comforting her daughter as after she finally admits the truth, which like it seems like that's what we were waiting for Tabby to like, that was her emotional arc. I think was finally getting to the place where she could admit that to her mom, you know? Well, and, and you could have, you could have had an actual scene here, like a nuanced scene where the mom is like, I'm so ashamed because I kind of suspected, but I was so afraid to ask you, because what if it was true? And I feel bad because I've like not been there for you. And I've been like thinking that, you know, whatever. Sure. Sure. But I mean, they, they managed something at least in that scene. And then it like smash cuts to, Kelly and what Greg. is this to Greg like making out in the car and she's just like he's like are you sure and she's like yeah I would want you to call me Karen and they like start fucking in the car so it's like did you have to cut to this scene of all possible scenes right after that like big emotional scene like comforting your daughter who's raped and it's just like meanwhile and like creepy sex games yeah yeah uh, so then Imogen's out somewhere on a park bench we see a little of the center's group chat uh, so the previous texts were Imogen saying that was so fun my back is killing me but I'm here for clubbing and Tabby's like same oh I thought of more clubbing movies because I'm the worst <laughs> Aaron's like of course you did because you're the worst and now Imogen's texting can we meet up as she's like catching her breath she's got some massive nails all of a sudden too yeah yeah we got to junk ball pizza and holy fuck they're open why are they open so the centers are meeting there I mean maybe heard- it's it's owned by uh you know some some guests in our country or something who don't celebrate the holiday. So they're just like, we'll be open for all the losers out there. (laughs) We don't exclusively hire people who've been fired from other industries because of drugs. Mm -hmm. Uh, The centers are meeting there. Uh, They've heard Imogen's story and asked if she's okay. Uh, Imogen assumes that the corpse was Angela's and Noah says that Joe has to be Pleatherface, right? And Imogen's like, well, the mask was there. And it's like, so what do we do? Should we go to the cops now? No, of course not. Why would you do that? Yeah. So Noah's just they go back and confront him and she like wants to find out like what's going on and why they're being targeted. What does it have to do with their moms? This all feels and, really weirdly rushed. She's like, yeah. we could all go get like like uh, kitchen knives. You know, it's five on one. We'll be fine. And then it like it just literally cuts to them at the house with flashlights and kitchen knives. And they're like, everything's gone. No body. No crazy Joe. And then let's go to the train car. Cut again. Like, it's just like, wow, we're just blowing through that whole plot line. Well, how much did you, at 16, did you leave the house on Thanksgiving night? I mean, never. Right? Like, like, how are the parents like, this is fine. This is fine. Also, I can see maybe one or two of their parents being fine with it, but like, not all of them. Well, certainly Noah's mom because she's yeah. out delivering pizzas all night. But like, uh, Imogen's mom won't mind because she's dead. But like, I feel like Sydney 
especially after a quite frankly huge conversation she just had of her daughter. I feel like she'd just want to be like hugging her daughter for the rest of the night. Yeah, really. Like, no, you're not going anywhere. We're just gonna yeah. stay in. Yeah. Um, we're gonna watch your favorite uh, rape rape revenge movies to process this. At the Waters house, there there are flashlights and knives, no sign of Joe. So they go to the train car and they find this dude hanging from a noose. Well, this is like in the span of like 30 seconds, we went from, hey, let's go confront Joe at his or let's go to Joe's house with, you know, with knives to Joe's not here to, oh, Joe's dead. Which I guess is supposed to play like like they're going to think, oh, the the danger is over. But like, but it's like, why are we speed running through this? It's so strange how they like they they cram all this into like the last minute of the episode. Like they ran out of time or something. What massive amount of story do you have the next two episodes that you Mm -hmm. had to rush through this yeah so mouse finds that he left a note she picks it up and reads it it says angela waters did not die in vain and also imogen's mom's senior yearbook is there Um, why crazy joe had the yearbook the whole time for some reason convenient uh Mm -hmm. farron's like now can we call the cops and imogen says sure but as an anonymous tip and we shouldn't be anywhere near here when they do okay okay so then uh, we, we lose the, the rest of the girls. It's just Imogen and Tabby at home now. They're looking through the yearbook and they're like, uh, Six Signature, that must have been Joe. He visited because he was in love with uh, Angela. And in the yearbook, all like the pictures of their moms are like all like scratched out. And it's like, oh, Joe did this to every single picture of our moms. So I guess he was A. Uh, she says, Crazy Joe was A. Could it really be that simple? Imogen says. And Tabby says, Based on every horror movie I've ever seen, it never is. Also, there's two episodes left, so it probably isn't. Uh, 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 it's just it, uh, it's such a weird end of the episode. Yeah. I mean, uh, the next episode is called Dead and Buried. Why isn't the show Dead and Buried? I'm just trying to imagine like watching this as it aired and like knowing there's two more episodes to go that night. And you're just like, what was the point of this entire episode? Yeah, really. The, the release schedule would really... So presumably they didn't produce it thinking they were going to dump the last three yeah. episodes in one night. That reminds me the the fucking blood dry thing and the thing with the Sean and the drugs, like the way you would do this plot line, if you wanted it to be effective at all is you would have, you'd have a thing where like Sean is, he, he, he like taints the evidence or he does something. He like steals the, the DNA or something like that. So they're going to suspect Sean. And then it comes out later. Oh no, he was doing it because he's on steroids. He didn't want to get caught. Like that's kind of how you drag a mystery out like this, you know, mm-hmm. where you, you think somebody, somebody's a red herring for an episode and you think it's them. And you find out, Oh no, he's doing this for this other reason. But then now we have to do this. Like, you know, some sort of linear progression of story, just basic storytelling. But no, this show's fucking stupid. Well, that's what you'd do if you had 13 to 22 episodes and you didn't have like, I don't know, maybe 12 characters too many like the show has. And and I mean, because that was the beauty of the original PLO is that you would bring in characters like here's Lucas and, and the A episode, mm-hmm. he's super suspicious and the B episode, oh, he was just doing because this reason mm-hmm. or uh Oh, what's her fucking name? The Mona's friend who was wonderful with the red hair and the glasses. Leslie Stone. Leslie Stone. And she's like, a, she's a crazy bag of hair in mm-hmm. the A episode. And then, oh, she's just a little kooky in the B episode. Yeah. That was bad blood. Bad show. More like. Yeah. Next episode, Dead and Buried. Um, are we going to take a week off or no? You want to take a week off? I I'd love know. to. You want to? Why not? Guys. We're going to take a week off. We need it. It's a little help break. 
So we'll be back in two weeks, the day our book drops, talking about episode nine, Dead and Buried. And uh, yeah. Because, I mean, quite frankly, do you really want to talk more freely about Trouble Book Three as we're trying to dissect the stuff with episode 10? I I really don't. I mean, I feel like we can do some sort of wrap up episode a few weeks after the last uh episode of uh you know episode 10 there if people want to yeah. talk about trouble or something i don't know i just but, i don't know i just i don't want to be like yeah we're so excited about trouble coming out today also let's talk about like the serial rapist on the show you know like yeah anyway all right well thanks for listening everyone my name is trouble.com peace out bye